time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light. Uh, uh, I hope I'm uh, going out there. Uh, this is uh, Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light. I'm, I'm sitting in for Tim Weisberg this morning for the final hour, the day before Election Day. I am waiting for uh, Tom Hunt to, to call in to do the um, election um, uh, 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 analysis, but Tom hasn't called in. So I'm thinking that Maybe uh, he's forgotten. So maybe Tom will call in. We'll wait for him a little while. In the meantime, uh, I can talk about uh, the election. Uh, Manny DiBretto, the election commissioner, has said that he expects a little bit higher turnout. Do you have any feeling of, about the election this year? Uh, it seems to have been a quiet season, despite all the news we had about the pay raises and the ballot questions that were going to go on and didn't go on. Uh Despite all of that, we've had a quiet election season. Uh, have Americans lost interest in local elections? Has the demise of the local community papers and the um, proliferation of cable television and social media sort of um, dampened interest in, in um, local elections? I think you can actually get a lot of news about local elections on Facebook and on um, Instagram if you know where to look. Uh, but uh, it certainly isn't like it used to be. Uh, we do have elections to... Uh, hang on a second. We do have a caller, so... You're next on WBSM with Jack Spillane. Hey, Jack. How you doing? Good. So, I got an idea in regards to the problem with our low, low voter turnout. It, it's, it's multifaceted, and it's it's taken decades to actually get to this point. I think one of the biggest problems is uh, obviously apathy, but the, the problem with apathy is it didn't start with not caring. What happened was I think you had so many times that our local politicians went onto the ballot uncontested, so a lot of people just said, I'm just going to stay at home because all he does need is his neighborhood to, to vote for him. I don't need to go out because he's just going to get in regardless of what I do. And then it, it kind of waterfalled into sub candidates. So you had a lot of candidates out there that just were just 
They threw their name in, and they didn't really represent the majority of the city or the state. It depends on the depending on the election. So when you have uh, a, a party, whether it's Democrat or, or Republican at the state level, uh, who control who gets on the ballot, and you really don't have a choice other than the two people at the that the that the parties put up, you're going to end up getting apathetic voters who are going to just remain home because neither candidate or any of the candidates represent the needs or, or vision of the actual city. So until we can actually fix that problem, I, I don't I don't see our elections getting any more, uh, you know, voter turnout, but any more active. I, I think the bottom line comes down to we need more of a quality candidate base and we need to be more competitive. You know, our, our elections need to be more competitive. And that that includes more primaries. Democrats need to be more involved in the primary election. Stop being afraid to go after the incumbent. We see that all the way up at the top. You know, President Biden, he's not going to be primary because the, the, the Democratic Party says, no, we're not going to do that. Even though we could have a possible, you know, a, a better candidate at the top, and the same goes for the Republicans when, when Donald Trump was was uh, was the party pick. Nobody dared to primary. And I think that's the problem going forward. Yeah, I, it, I, it, until we fix that problem, we're, we're never going to have a, a better voter turnout in this country. It, it is discouraging. You know, there's, there's no doubt about it that... that um, the, the incumbents have enormous advantages. Uh, uh, they have the ability to do favors and they get a lot of money because they can do favors. Uh, the, um, you know, the, the, even the ballot itself lists the incumbents first, according to Massachusetts law. I think that that's yep. not a fair thing. But in all honesty, some of it is our own fault. I mean, I'll, I'll just give you a couple of examples of people who cared enough to run that took out incumbents. One is um, State Representative Chris Hendricks, who represents the North End and used to represent Acushnet. Now he represents downtown New Bedford. And he took out Bob Cassera, who was a 30-year incumbent. And yep. he did it. Basically, he had the time uh, and he was able to go door to door. A lot of people who are working can't do that. And he took out Bob Cassera, a 30-year incumbent. Uh, I'll give you the example of Scott Brown, who is in a Republican party that is a minority in Massachusetts. Martha Coakley had all the advantages, right. all, all the, um, uh, uh, the the mainstream media, all, all the inside Democratic um, get-out-the-vote mechanism, mechanisms, and he wasn't deterred, and he took her out. So it can right. happen. It takes a lot oh, of no, hard I work. Agree. Yeah, I, I agree it can happen, but in, in order to get a, a more robust voter turnout, the candidates need to be, one, it needs to be a competitive ballot. Two, you need better candidates. We saw um, when, when you have a competitive ballot, your voter turnout come, goes out. We see that in the city, right? We're, we're going to see that in Ward 5 versus Ward 6. We're going to see that in Ward, you know, it, the voter turnout, I mean, I know historically voter voter turnout is higher in Ward 5, but I think when you have a good competitive ballot race and, and races at, at the ward level, at the at the state level, and the district level, when it's competitive, 
people are going to get out vote because now it's now it's more of like my team versus your team. Yep. But when it's when you don't have people vote uh, when you don't have people running and it's just an incumbent, and and this goes down to like I originally pointed out when the incumbent controls the narrative and when the incumbent's the only one on the ballot, you're not going to get people to, to turn out because yep. they're like. Oh, all he has to do is vote for himself, and he wins. Yep, it's, it's no doubt it's an uphill battle. We got another call on the line, call, but good it. points. Take care. Okay, you're next on the air with Jack Spillane and WBSM. Yeah, hi, Jack. Um, yeah, the gentleman's correct, but I think there's going to be a lot of people going out to vote this time around, only because what Kathy put on the ballot, try to put on the ballot. I think it angered a lot of voters, and I think they're going to try to get these. When a good time comes, it's just going to drive people out to, to vote, uh, you know, against these city councilors, only because of that. Just like the, the Dartmouth Indian logo name, people went out to vote because they felt they were right to keep the Dartmouth Indian name. They, they, they had a purpose. I think, like in New Bedford, they're going to have a purpose just to do that. So I think just something like that. That it, it, you know, if you if you listen to the news, listen to DB, WBSM, what <clears throat> you know, a grassroots movement and what she put out and what they did to her, it's just going to drive people out there and vote because they they're PO. You know, I think. And if they get, don't have to be Republican, a challenger, a Democrat, uh, <clears throat> a better one. <clears throat> you, you know that they think they'll vote them out. I'm telling you, they will. They'll they'll get uh, well vote them out. But they will get more voters just yeah. for that reason, I believe. Well, I, I, I agree with you on the first one, maybe not so much the second one. I think that Catherine Adamowitz has definitely, um, uh, and I have a lot of disagreements with her, but I think that she definitely uh, served a role in the efforts that she made, which were, were uh, uh, really um, needed in the city to try to get something on the ballot, to do something about the advantages that, that long-term incumbents have. I, I didn't think that her ballot question was the, the strongest, uh, the more I thought about it in terms of uh, they sit out for one term and then they come back. I think it would better, be better just to say you get eight years and that's it. You don't come back in that office. You can go to a different office. But uh, uh, so I think that her work doing that and it fell apart, you know, I, I think it's probably blame to be to be spread around between her and, and election commissioner, Mary DeBrito, uh, uh, both of them not know, not knowing the system, but I think that um, uh, uh, I think it will serve to to bring people out to that at large race, and I think also the way the council conducted itself this year with the uh, large pay raises, with the um, putting trying to put in one night three questions on the ballot on term limits for, for the the mayor, on uh, getting rid of the very popular Community Preservation Act, and and um, Rent control, which I actually, you know, think should have gone on the ballot, but I think Councillor Burgo made some mistakes in in who he aligned himself with. But, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I I agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, the Dartmouth Indian question uh, that brought some people out, but it was a, it was to me it was Republican activists. I, I didn't think it was necessarily representative of the whole of the whole city. I think the Democrats were afraid of it, but uh, I, I think uh, if you get a, a hot election. You know, people will come out. What do you, what do you think of the at-large candidates this year? I'm sorry? What do you think of the at-large candidates that, that chose to run this year? Yeah, I, I've heard them. I think they're strong. They're young bloods. 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, some they, of them. I, I, I mean, think, yeah. I Scott, mean, some Scott. of them, I think they sounded pretty, um, um, you know, uh, I think, I think they sounded, um, I, I, I certainly would take them to consideration if they were in my. Yeah. Um, De- Devin Burns, uh, the, the guy that owns Destination Soups is certainly young blood. Uh, I think Scott Lima has been around and Bruce Duart Jr. Mm-hmm. has been around, but, but they are also well-respected, um, candidates. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, the mayor, um, the, the uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, like, 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 um, you know, Mayor Mitchell, he's done a decent job, but he's got no, he's got no, um, no. Unless Scott Lang is in there, then you know, the mayor would have to get up at five in the morning and drink his eggs and start really working at it. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, I, I think it's, it is what it is. I mean, he, he's yeah. done a decent job, a good job. But if if Scott Lang would run, and Scott Lang knows the the city, they would get a lot of people yeah. out there to vote for that. I, it depends on the candidate. I, you know? I really wish Scott Lang or someone of stature had run. Even one of the city councilors, um, Linda Morad, Brian Gomes. I, I really wish someone had run because we would have then at least had the debate that we need to have. I don't think John Mitchell has been a bad mayor. I think he's made some mistakes. I think he's done a lot of good things, but I think that he is not so overwhelmingly popular that you wouldn't have um, mm-hmm. some people that would like to have a debate about, about his mayorship. Thanks for calling. I got to right. go to a break. Thanks. Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light. Uh, I said I would play that uh, Ronette's uh, song again because I, I had to cut out early from it. Uh, just a, a great, great classic from the early days of uh, rock and roll with the, the the great Phil Spector, who was just a miserable human being, but a, um, uh, a great music producer uh, doing the big uh, wall of sound, uh, as, they, as they used to call it. Uh, this is Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light. I'm sitting in for Tim Weisberg this morning. Uh, Tim has been uh, training um, the new uh, newscaster uh, who's been doing a great job, uh, uh, Ariel Dorsey, and uh, he'll be back tomorrow. In the meantime, we've been talking about the election in New Bedford tomorrow. Uh, what do you think of it? Uh, uh, I was hoping that Tom Hunt, uh, the great analyst, would uh, call me this morning, but uh, uh, Tom is nowhere to be found, so I think uh, I think it must have skipped his mind. Uh, in the meantime, we've been talking about the at-large candidates. Uh, we have a strong field uh, with um, uh, some well-known people running, um, uh, uh, some strong incumbents running also. Uh, 
We've been talking about the Ward 5 race. Uh, we, we have some two, two well-known people, uh, Zach Boyer and, and um, Joe Lopes leading the pack. Uh, and the mayor's race, uh, where uh, the mayor, who is just running a ton of advertisements because he has a ton of money. And that's the whole problem with the way the American political system works. If you, um, I mean, to a certain extent, if you're a person of stature, and the mayor certainly was, he was an, a, an assistant U.S. attorney before he became mayor, uh, you can raise money. You, you have the ability to do that. And then when you become an incumbent, you can raise even more money. And so it's an uphill battle for the challengers. But, but challengers do win. We talked about the examples of um, State Rep. Chris Hendricks and um, uh, uh, uh uh, Scott Brown, uh, uh, when he beat uh, Martha Coakley, uh, uh, and even on the New Bedford City Council, uh, John Saunders, who, who was um, just a, a well, well-known uh, member of a, a political family, a member of the um, uh, what, what some call the machine, the political insiders that have long had an outsized influence on New Bedford. He lost uh, a re-election campaign um, uh, after many years on the council and promptly uh, was elected county commissioner. John's a good guy, very affable man. Um, I disagree with him on on some of his uh, ways, but I, I think he's uh, uh, a good man and, a, and, a, and a, 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 um, dedicated to, to the things he does. I just think, I just wish he did enlarge his universe of, of those he wants to help uh, a little bit. Uh, we have a call on the line, so we'll, I'll go to them. Uh, actually, I'm going to ask this caller if they can hold on a little bit because it's time to go to, to, to the news with Ariel, and uh, we'll get you right on after she is done. So take it away. Former President Donald Trump is expected to be in New York City today as his civil fraud trial begins. Opening statements are set for 10 a.m. in the case brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James. Last week, the judge overseeing the case ruled that Trump had been overvaluing his properties for years and is liable for fraud. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy says he isn't concerned about Florida Congressman Matt Gates' efforts to oust him as Speaker. McCarthy said on CBS's face that nation, it's a personal issue with Gates. McCarthy noted that Gates was one of the last holdouts during the House vote for Speaker in January. Negotiations between Hollywood actors and studios are expected to resume today. SAG-AFTRA actors have now been on strike since mid-July. Representatives from the union and from the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers have not officially met since the strike began. Two parts of North Carolina's new abortion law are being blocked. A federal judge granted injunctions on two provisions Saturday, which kept them from going into effect yesterday, October 1st. Temperature records that have stood for more than a century in the central U.S. could fall this week. Forecasters say a swath of the Midwest could see afternoon high 10 to 20 degrees warmer than average. That will mean highs well into the 80s and even near 90s, threatening daily records from the 1800s. A national emergency alert test will blare out across the U.S. this week. According to FEMA, every TV, radio, and cell phone will be interrupted with an emergency message at 2.20 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesday. 
Officials say the alert is similar to an amber alert or warnings issued by the National Weather Service. Late Night TV with Jimmy Fallon, Seth Meyers, and Jimmy Kimmel returns tonight. Sarah Lee Kressler with details. The late night TV talkers are back after that 148 day writer's guild strike. Matthew McConaughey will appear on The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon to promote his new children's book and pop star John Mayer will appear too. Arnold Schwarzenegger will be on Jimmy Kimmel's couch. Seth Meyers is devoting his entire comeback show to his political segment, A Closer Look. Bill Maher and Stephen Colbert are already back on the air along with Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. I'm Sarah Lee Kessler and NBC News Radio, New York. More than 100 dolphins have been found dead in the Brazilian Amazon, where a historic drought has pushed the temperature of lakes fed by the river above 100 degrees Fahrenheit. The dead dolphins all were found over the past seven days in a lake in northwest Brazil. A research institute funded by Brazil's Ministry of Science in the high number of deaths is unusual and suggested record high lake temperatures and drought might be the reason. In sports, the Red Sox captured their season finale after topping the Orioles 6-1. Tanner Hook collected his sixth win of the year after striking out six batters over six scoreless innings. Rafael Devers drove in his 100th run of the season. And Boston finishes the year last in the AL East at 78-84. and The Patriots suffered their worst loss of the Bill Belichick era after being blown out 38-3 by the Dallas Cowboys. Mac Jones competed 12 of his 21 pass attempts for 150 yards and two interceptions. Bailey Zappi completed four passes for 57 yards in relief. The Patriots host the Saints next Sunday. The Celtics acquired guard Drew Holiday from the Portland Trailblazers. The Seas will be sending Robert Williams III, Malcolm Brogdon, a protected 2024 first-round pick and a 2029 unprotected first-rounder to the Blazers. The Bruins continue their exhibition slate tonight. Boston is visiting the Philadelphia Flyers for the second half of a home and home. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. A gorgeous morning. It is absolutely beautiful out there with a warming trend. Temperatures above average for this morning around the upper 50s on the coolest side. Some patchy fog it will be burning off immediately as we head into mid-morning and this afternoon heading into the lower 70s. Overnight tonight, cool temperatures once again and tomorrow plenty of sunshine in the lower 70s. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Ceci Del Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. That's a little bit of the great Ray Charles uh, uh, doing some election, election Day music. Uh, America the Beautiful. Uh, it's one of my favorite renditions of America the Beautiful. And um, uh, you should check it out sometime, play the whole thing. 
Uh, we have a call on the line, so we'll go to them. You're next on WBSM with Jack Spillane. Hey, Jack. Hello. Yeah, I uh, seen Ray Charles when I was in the Army boot camp. Yeah, how was he? Uh, wonderful. And because it was a veteran environment, Fort Jackson, South Carolina, played for about uh, maybe over three hours. Wow. And he played all the standards. Uh, you know, God bless America. You know, the traditional patriotic song. And uh, he was a much younger man back then in 1974. And he had a lot of charisma. Yeah, he was a charismatic guy, a great performer. A true, a true Americana legend, I say, yep. before he even passed away. And I never forgot it. never seen him again after that. But the memory stays with me when you played that, uh, what they call bumper, bumper oh. music. Oh, sure. That's one of it's just a uh, self-reflection when I hear him saying, uh, yeah, hey, but talking about the election, I think the only way he's going to see an upset is if the candidate brings uh, a larger base into the election because nobody else really votes except the base. And uh, he's, although he can win by 10 or 100 or 200 or she can win by maybe 100 votes, it would be an upset because there's so few voters. Every vote is big. And they got a camp. I don't see anybody with a camp, though. So yeah. I don't see no one. I, 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 do, you, do you know this guy, um, Devin Burns? Not familiar with... Uh, so De Devin Burns owns Destination Soup, and he seems to have a whole group of people who are, are working for him. Well, sure, they come out. And that's the, that's the name of the game. Uh, because, you know, you've got the advantage because about 85 or 90% ain't going to come out. So if you can get them out, pry them out, I'd bribe them myself if I wanted yeah. the job bad enough. Yeah. I'd say, hey, man, <laughs> you know, that's what you like, but you're going to get a lot of it. So uh, I don't know about bribery, but is, it, is there any, any any other way to get the voters out besides bribery? Well, if you've got a good appetite, you just say his birthday's coming up. and a couple hundred in <laughs> uh, You know, that's how we do it around here. Yeah. But anyway, see an upset if you don't have a, a base. Remember when the recall for mayor of Fall River happened? Six people ran against the mayor rather than consolidating one candidate. And the mayor's base was bigger than the split votes that were coming after him. And uh, he was uh, he was recalled and he was reestablished as mayor in six hours. Yeah, that, 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 that's because the Fall River law recall law is not a good one. It allows the person being recalled to, 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 to run. I think they need to take a look at that. And the second time he did it, they finally figured out and fewer people ran and, and he didn't get back in. But now he's where he belongs. I know if you, if you don't, if you don't uh, take care of the laws and stuff, then I say all oh, you yes, don't belong in office because this stuff going on now. Like, look at the budget we got here. They said that we wouldn't have had this shutdown situation if we changed the laws. And then they say, you know, the border, if we changed the laws 30 years ago, we wouldn't have this. Hey, you know what I'm saying? It's laughable, really. Yeah. It's laughable. All right, Carl. We got another call on the line, so we'll see what somebody else has to say in the election today. Thanks for calling. <laughs> You're next on WBSM with Jack Spillane. Hey, good morning, Jack. Good morning. Hey, I wanted to uh, pick your brain, because uh, I know you have a pulse. You pretty much have a good pulse of the community, so on and so forth. Um, prior to all of this talk with um, the legal migrants coming to uh, the seaport and, 
Have you heard any rumblings in the community or out and about about that happening? I had not, but I was wondering if it was just a matter of time because we do have a lot of, um, for lack of a better word, unsuccessful motels on the um, uh, 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 motels that are, are with with plenty of rooms that 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 could have been used for that purpose. So it didn't surprise me that they eventually got to one. Correct. No, I'm I'm I'm, and I'll call into Marcus and uh, Chris's show because a few weeks back there was a caller that called in, and uh, and he basically um, gave everybody the heads up. He was like, "Hey, heads up!" So on and so forth. Uh, the migrants are coming to the seaport. Ah, interesting. Uh, that was about a good solid three weeks, maybe a month ago, right? And um, they had discussed it a little bit, and then it kind of, you know, went away. So the reason why I'm asking is there was a caller, I believe his name was John, and uh, he called in to the to the show when um, one of the Fairhaven selectmen was in there. And he had asked him if he, you know, had heard any rumblings, so on and so forth, which he said he didn't, right? And, um, you know, I thought it was a little harsh because he called, um, he was like, listen, either you're incompetent or you don't know what's going on. And, and you know, I thought it was harsh at first, but then when I went to re-listen to the podcast and how he said he had no idea, my question is, how did somebody from the community know and the selectmen didn't because this guy was adamant that like they were definitely coming. There was already discussions in place currently, so on and so forth, which leads me to believe is this guy really, does he not know what's going on or is he incompetent? Well, so Governor Maura Healy's office had called for people who were interested in taking the migrants to contact I forget what the state agency was, but she had called for people who were interested in doing that. So possibly the motel got in touch with the state government and was negotiating. And that person who knew, knew because they knew someone from the motel, maybe? That could definitely, that could be the case. Um, but, you know, it goes back to this whole and why I brought it up. It goes obviously back to the election thing. Um, you know, if we find out that this person lied, this selectman lied, then that's what's going to drive people out. Because, again, he either lied, he didn't know, uh, or he didn't know, being he's incompetent, because clearly it was the worst-kept secret. Somebody came onto WBM and brought... Well, well, let me me just uh, uh, push back a little bit on that, because is it possible that the uh, motel is is negotiating with the the, um, state and they're trying to, to get a deal to bring the migrants to their motel, and they don't let the selectmen know until the deal is finalized. So it was it was not finalized at that point, so so that's why he didn't know? No, I mean, it could, could possibly be. And again, I don't want to, you know, I, I'm not going to say this is what happened yeah. because I don't know. Um, but again, if you're hearing things, if you're hearing rumblings, if a random citizen is hearing rumblings or whatever, and rumblings going all over around the town isn't that something that a selectman would want to look into sure sure and like I, you know sure i see a point so well the, I, I forget so i don't know who that selectman like, was but if he's listening i give us a call and and tell us what your story is why you didn't why you're out of the loop on that i gotta go to yeah, go to a break caller yeah. but 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 yeah, good, good points day. 
All right, that's Modern English, and I'll stop the world and melt with you. Uh, it's uh, Jack Spillane sitting in for Tim Weisberg, the final 15 minutes, uh, uh, and Marcus and Chris will be in at 9 o'clock. Uh, it's, the day, it's election day eve, uh, the preliminary election in New Bedford. New Bedford, unlike a lot of communities, has a preliminary election the first week of October. Most uh, communities have uh, a primary election the first week of September or the second week of September. And I, I've always wondered if New Bedford might have a little bit better turnout, turnout if they somehow would be able to move the um, preliminary election from October to September, which is a time when people are more used to there being elections. I think one of the problems is that um, New Bedford's form of government, which I understand is form B of government under the different forms that the state of Massachusetts allows the cities and towns to organize themselves under calls for the preliminary election as opposed to the primary election. You know, all cities are not alike. For instance, Fall River has 11, uh, 11, is it nine? Nine uh, city councilors who are all elected at large. New Bedford has 11 who are, six of them are from the wards, the majority, so from various sections of the city, and five of them are at large, which I think is a better system because the ward councils tend to be a little bit closer to the people and certainly um, uh, not in all cases. Uh, I think um, there are some at-large councils that are very big on constituent services, but the ward councils are generally the um, the first line of defense on, on the constituent services. So... Um, that's what we have uh, uh, in New Bedford. We have the hybrid system of of ward and at-large councillors. We have the four-year mayoral term now. We have an unpaid school committee, which I think is one of the reasons why people don't run for the school committee, even though they have a four-year term. And we have um, the other position that nobody ever talks about much that actually has a lot of power and is the highest paid of the elective offices in New Bedford. And that's um, the... Um, uh, the commissioners of um, assessors, the assessing commissioners. And um, I'm not even sure who's on the ballot this year uh, uh, for the election commissioners. Uh, we have uh, Kim Saunders, uh, Peter Berthium, and, um, oh my goodness, I'm drawing a blank on the third um, longtime election commissioner, but, um, uh, oh, Marty, Marty Tredup, of course. Uh, so uh, I think Marty is the one who's on the ballot this year. Marty is a longtime uh, assessor. Does a great job. If you know Marty, he's a he's a wonderful human being. Uh, so we have a call on the line. We'll we'll go to them. You are in the air with Jack Spillane. Hello. Hello. Hi. I can answer your question about the person who's on the ballot for the board of election board of uh, assessors. <laughs> uh, first, when 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 that guy was who lived up the street from me. <laughs> has, hasn't, hasn't shown up for his, his call-in. And um, he was one of the three fairly um, well-known individuals who, who lived on my street. My favorite was by the name of Ezell uh, Blair Jr., also known as... Uh, as um, Ezell Blair Jr. was also known as... Uh, was that, that wasn't Humble Bum, was it? No, it wasn't Humble Bum. Yeah. It, was, it was a man of national stature who was one of the five sit-in demonstrators at the Woolworths in 
Oh, sure, sure. I, I know who you mean. Um, oh, my goodness, I'm drawing a blank myself. Ezekiel? Is he, is he, is he um, no. Uh, uh, oh, my goodness. The main thing I remember is Elmblad Jr. Yes. Uh, yeah, very good. I, I recognize the call, uh, 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 and the... Uh, Assessor is Marty Trellop, right? Who is running for re-election. You can't get him on the phone now because he's not out working. Sure. Up the vote. If you're trying to get folks interested in going yeah. to vote tomorrow. Yeah. So I recognize the caller as someone who, who knows a lot about um, New Bedford elections. Do you have any predictions um, uh, no. for tomorrow? I just, just remind those who, who may run and not make it. But I started out a number of years ago. And the first, the first time I ran, a, I was I was disappointed that I, that I lost, but I did. I, I, I was attending a movie that night to, to take up time because then the votes didn't come in until around eleven o'clock, and it was um, I was quite enjoying the movie um, about Harry Harry Truman. Thanks for calling, caller, uh, and uh, you're a wealth of knowledge, and, and, and I always appreciate you uh, weighing in on New Bedford elections. I've got, I've got something I wanted to, to talk with you later about uh, in, the, in the note that I sent you. Okay. All right. You have, you, you have my number. Call, call anytime. Thank you. Okay. This is Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light, and we're going to go to a commercial. All right, that's uh, Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light, and we have a caller on the line that can take us to the last minute and a half. Uh, you're on the air, caller. How could I not remember my favorite neighborhood ballad, Jabril Kazan? Oh, Jabril Kazan. How could I not remember that, too? Great man, a great man, and played an instrumental role in the uh, early civil rights movement. And one, of, one of the most amazing calls I ever got was around St. Patrick's Day. And he... <laughs> He calls the same saying Danny boy to me. I was so impressed by that. Yeah. He's a good friend. Yeah, he's a good man. Uh, so I think it's okay. This is uh, Mark Treadup, our former uh, uh, Register of Deeds uh, uh, school committee member uh, and ward counselor in the Bedford. Yes. And yeah. also county commissioner one term. County commissioner. Yeah, and, and an all-around good guy who knows New Bedford politics from A to Z and and, and backwards. Uh, uh, Jabrail Kazan. I can't believe we both forgot his name. Yeah, the thing that I, I, I forgot was the name of the movie. That I, was going to, I went to see on my first night on the ballot, and that was Juvenile Harry. Harry Truman. Oh, that's a little bit before my time, even, I think. <laughs> well, they had. Two phones at night. 